Today's podcast will be titled The Paranormal. If it is not obvious enough by the title, I will be telling stories about how others experience the paranormal. The paranormal can be described in many ways, monsters, spirits, demons, or powerful forces. I gathered stories from some of my fans on my Discord and some on Reddit. Towards the end of the episode, I will tell one of my own stories. Besides that, I'm going to give you all a few updates on things. We currently have a Discord server to where you can interact with me or fellow fans. You can gain access to this server through the bio of my TikTok at the moment, which is Chronic Waste. There is an underscore between Chronic and Waste. I also have a YouTube that I am also posting on that has the same user. Hopefully at some point I will have a website set up to where y'all can see latest uploads on different social media, buttons and requests, content, see links to what I talk about, and even more. Now let's get back to the topic of the episode today. Fair warning, some of these stories were written by people whose first language is not English, so they will likely have grammar mistakes. Our first story is titled Animas. For a little bit of background, I always lived in a rural area when I was younger. My mother has always been a woman who believes in a lot and a god. But apart from that, she believes in energies and life after death. She always talked to me about the, that and told me th- about the well-known animals here in my country. According to what is said, they are souls that cannot obtain their redemption and wander through our world. The animals are known for helping humans in exchange for things. They normally help you in exchange for prayers or offerings, something that helps them find the rest. Now that I have gave you a little bit of background, let's get to the story. I had become very interested in this topic a few years ago and lived in a rural area that the little information I got it was through the older people. But one day I decided to try it on my own to be able to tell if it was true. I spoke with an older woman who lived all her life in town. She explained to me that I would that I should pray for them and ask them for what I wanted. But she warned me not to be greedy, greedy, not to ask for material things. She gave me the advice to ask them for help with simple things. She suggested that I ask them to help me make up early, to help me wake up early. It seemed like a good idea to me because that way I could prepare myself to go to school and help my mother with simple household chores. That's how it was. I lived on a hill in the highest area of the town. When I was on the way home, I felt excited and scared, but I decided to continue with my experiment. When night fell, I locked myself in my room and put some white candles next to some candies from my dresser. Something quite simple, I kneeled in front of the offering and began to pray. Oh God, please let these souls find their way to reach you and thereby achieve their eternal rest at your side. Amen. That was my prayer for them. Then I stood up and said in a whisper, Please, I offered my prayer for you. In return, I will not ask for anything material. Just please wake up at 5 in the morning. Wake me up at 5 in the morning. My heart fully believed that everything was real, but my mind still doubted. After that, I lay down on my bed and wrapped myself in the blankets. I was scared, but very anxious at the same time. The wind lightly hit the windows, making me shiver because I felt that any moment I would see something horrible. But luckily it didn't happen. 
Sleep began to take over, but before I closed my eyes, I saw how the candles went out. My mind didn't even think about it. I gave it, gave into sleep. After hours, I was still asleep, but even when my eyes closed, I felt how they whispered in my ear. Wake up, my name. It's time to open your eyes, dear. That whisper was not from my mother or sister. It was an airy whisper, and with an exhausted tone, something quite gloomy. After that, I felt as if someone or something pushed my body in a quite delicate way, making me sit, sit on my edge of my bed. I was confused, still dazed by sleep, but I decided to look at the physical clock that was on the nightstand next to my bed and notice how it said, 5 a.m. Not a minute more, nor a minute less. I was frozen. I quickly stood up to check my dresser. The candles were out and somewhat melted, but the suits were gone. Many would say that someone moved them from the dresser, but my door was locked. It could only be opened from the inside of the room. Room I didn't know. I didn't know what to do at that moment. But I could only take advantage of the f favor they had done for me, so I decided to get ready and help make breakfast and do and do some cleaning. At breakfast, when I was sitting with my mother and my sister, I told them what I had done. My sister was a little at that time, so I didn't pay attention to it. But my mother was surprised. She recommended that I not do it again because it could make these souls follow me, and that was a very big energy change, a big, very big energy charge. Who explained to me that the big best thing was to pray for them, but ask them to please stay with me? So it was. The next night I did what I was told, and from that day on, I decided not to contact them anymore. That's it for my little experience. I hope. Greetings from Columbia. Hello, Columbia. That is actually a very interesting story. This is from a well, my. Discord users on my Discord, they sent me the story through our through a Google Forms I made. With that knowledge, you could like say if somebody were to be greedy, they could try to do that stuff. But there could be so many consequences and everything because of that. They could cause so much trouble. But if they're not careful, they could probably get themselves killed. That's actually, like, it's kind of scary if you think about it. That's a really nice story. That is a, that is a really nice experience, but also, in some people's eyes, that is scary. But it could help you in so many ways as long as you t don't be greedy as what the older woman said don't be greedy with it use it every once in a while I would say but I'm not I don't know that much to learn about it at all I'm now just learning about what animas are that's actually a really cool concept that actually opens my mind let's get to the next story Okay, <laughs> I just got a call during this and just messed up my recording, so I'm having to redo this. But our next story is called Stratford upon Avon, Trickster. 
one of my first jobs I got when I arrived in the UK was at a hotel in Stratford-upon-Avon. As a receptionist, it will remain nameless as I am aware they don't want reputation of being hunted. The hotel slash pub was a country was a country home back in the 1500s, a pub that even Shakespeare tried to quarantine at and during both wo world wars at hospital. History of the of the site isn't hidden, but it isn't publicized or exploited in any way, marketing wise. I mean, marketing wise, I mean. <coughs> I used to work evenings by myself, leaving at n around 11 p.m. with the only two other workers being at the restaurant pub, right down, right down the hall where I could see them through the grass door. Usually in the late evenings, I would prepare the next day and draw to pass time, occasionally looking up at the two best friends working behind the bar. After the restaurant closing during one particular cold November evening, I received a call from the Hamlet suit. I hesitated to answer as I moved the guests that were meant to be in there to another room as the radiators weren't working. My mind quickly made the explanation that I must have, I must have not change the keys and the couple went back as they had forgotten something behind. Maybe they found the radiator working. Yet I pick up the phone and there was a no noise on the other side. I quickly glanced at the I quickly glanced at the boys who are still in a good but most importantly loud mood. Couldn't be them playing pranks. I quickly hang up and I call the, the new room where the couple are. I just checked and you were okay with the new with the new room and it's nice and toasty. Before I could finish talking by the phone at the end of the desk rings, rings from the ha Hamlet suit. It's so nice in here. Thank you for moving us. It was just so cold tonight. No problem. We'll have a nice night. Their phone was still ringing. I picked up. Could swear I could hear it breathing, but maybe it was my own. Then a squeaky laugh and line disconnects. <clears throat> I quickly grab my master key and head to the room. I walk in and after... Fighting the old door in the window is partially open, blinds open. I looked around and there's nothing to be seen. Close the window and blinds and leave. That night I called my dad on the way home and told him what happened. My dad was working in hotels in Portugal since he was fifteen. So he just casually explained it's probably haunted, but you don't have to be afraid, not all spirits want to harm. Some just seem to be bored. I laughed it off and was able to sleep that night. A few weeks later, our December Christmas wedding started. Wedding started. It was our habit to allocate the Hamlet suit to the new Gwes and Macbeth suit. Right next door, the parents of the bride, and across the hall, the Otho suit to the parents of the groom. Every time we would do this, the parents of the bride would complain that they had not slept well, and I had complaints about after complaints of items missing, veils, teddies. Teddies, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Envelopes with cash, the list was infinite. The two night poet porters would come and go with the only with only the clothes in their bodies and walk home. No bags of any kind, we didn't know where to start looking or who to ask for the other items lost. One morning, very close to Christmas, a very angry mother came downstairs to refugist, ignoring two of my colleagues' good mornings. Along the way, this is along the way. This is an end of the school. I wish to make a formal complaint. 
try to calm her down and get to the bottom of what was bothering her. Most of the times at hotels, we were able to correct our wrongs. She continued, you must speak with your housekeeping staff. They can't be cleaning in the middle of the night, let alone taking the rest of on other people's beds. I explained, our housekeeping staff just started their day now. During, during the night, we only have our night porter in case of emergencies. She seemed to, to get even angry. Are you telling me I'm lying? There's as a woman seating on the end of the bed. My husband's feet. It must have been some of the staff I apologized and assured her I believed her and I would get to the bottom of it, who it was. Items started showing up in weird places for the next upcoming weeks and drains outside and behind the bar. None of it made the staff look good, but at least I didn't get another phone call. I remember reading books like this type of stuff in elementary. There was specifically one to her about um, a, about, uh, what do you call it? <clears throat> a hotel, yeah, a hotel. They had, um, there's a little book, like an AR book that I read about haunted houses, and one of them was about a hotel. And it had old stories about how little, you could hear little kids running in the hallways, even though there wasn't any kids in, in the hotel that day or night. You could hear them running down the hall. You could hear people laughing in the hall, you could make peer people make a noise. And you could also, sometimes you would even hear a woman fall down the stairs, or <coughs> just screaming and all that. There was even a reporting to where somebody was coming down the stairs and they could see a shadowy figure at the bottom of it. Yeah, that's the most most hotels and places are just haunted or have paranormal activity, whether it's the good kind or the bad kind. The best thing you can do is try to ignore it or get out of there as fast as you can. Just forget about what happened. Or at least try to. Let's get to the next story. <laughs> this next story is called Okinawa Hunting. I've lived on the tropical island of Okinawa in Japan for a long time. The place is a ghost hunting hotspot for all the obvious reasons. I have a lot of stories to tell. This will be the first in a series of first-hand experiences I've ever I've had here. I've been holding on to them for a long time and it's time to let them out. While this story is the first paranormal experience I've had, future stories won't be chrono in chronological order. I'll just tell them as they come to me. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts as the embodiment of a dead person, although that seems to be the case in some of the stories I will tell. Sometimes things are different, downright mean, and sometimes they follow you home. I also use the word paranormal in the chronological sense that these things are one of the natural world and simply functional beyond our understanding, but I have my theories. It was September of 1984. I was 15 and a junior in high school. We had just moved into a new house to us in Sumabaku Kikakajikoku school. I'm slaughtering these words, I'm sorry. 
I don't know how to say these words, some of these. I don't know the time, only that I was dead asleep. My bedroom was at the southeast rear of the house. Farthest from the street, my bed facing north south and up against the west wall. I believe my head was facing the south, but it was a long time ago. I was sleeping facing the wall with the window near above me. I dreamed of the sound of a jet engine behind me, winding up and uh, winding up and up, louder and louder until it was absolutely screaming, and then it moved through me through from the back, from my back, and moving out of my front. A shocking chill that's not possible to put into words. I was now wide awake, and the jet engine was behind me again, idling. I was too terrified to move, to pull the covers over my head, or do anything. I just lay there, frozen, in a state of physical paralysis, just too afraid to move. The engine started to wind up again, reaching up an absolute streak, shriek, and then it moved through me again, back to front, same as before. My eyes were wide open this time. I didn't see anything but the bare, perspective white wall and inky dark room. Then it was gone. How do I know I didn't dream the whole thing? Because I lay there with my eyes open, no chance of sleep until light started to come into the room from the dawn. No idea how long that was, but I had a lot of time to think. I got up the next morning and said nothing about it to anyone and went off to school. Even today, when memories from 40 years past are well faded and sometimes gone, this one is just as fresh as it might happen. Instead of being terrified, I was fascinated. It was my first brush with a wolf paranormal. I was hooked. I didn't know what it was, but it was real. It was determined to, I was determined to dig. Nothing paranormal ever happened in that house again. What happened next was decades of hunting the paranormal, literally hundreds of nights spent in supposed haunted places, sitting, listening, watching, visiting any place rumored to be haunted. There was never ghost hunting equipment, nor video cameras. I was there for the six senses experience. Yeah, six when you spend enough time in these places. Sometimes you see dead people. I've seen a million things that can be explained away. With a rational explanation and those things I always discount. If it has a rational explanation, then it must be discounted, even if paranormal is highly suspected. I recount the stories that have no rational explanations. Some people will say yes, but, oh yeah, but you had to be there to really understand, to understand what can be discounted and what can't. I'll also say that when you spend enough time looking, some things look back, sometimes things look back, it's not always being and, and as I said above, sometimes downright mean, and sometimes it follows you home. In closing, there are other people in many of these stories, and some one may recognize me from what I write here. I ask that I should, I ask that should that be the case, please respect my animosity. My first night shift. Okay, okay. I have a pretty interesting story. Please note that this happened, I would have probably been about 19. I'm from Australia, and I used to work at a 24-7 rural patrol station in a small town called Barham. 
It's on the Murray River, and if you don't know, there are quite a lot of spooky stories around the river. If you ask any local, they will have a story to tell. Anyway, when I started this job, I was told not to mind the shadows that you may see get picked up on the security cameras, as these cameras were constantly recording. You could watch the cameras on a small TV behind the counter. My boss said that they'd come and go around the patrol pumps. Sometimes the lights would go all over the pumps. He said to ignore it, and if you want, you can stay in the back room until a customer walks in. When I asked why, what are they, in the most Aussie, Aussie way possible, he goes, because they aren't customers, they aren't your friends, and, and fuck shit happens if you acknowledge them. With this, I started my first graveyard shift. Lucky for me, they had put someone else on the shift with me because I was new, but that didn't prepare me for that night. It got to about 2 a.m. in the morning before things started to get weird. Every now and then the fridge lights would flicker or the radio would go on and out of static. But what was truly unsettling was this figure on the cameras going back and forth just on the edge where the overhead lights for the pump stopped. And beyond just being pitch black road. The other worker, his name was Tony, could also see it and seemed to try to ignore it. It felt like he was trying to not seem spooked for my sake. Bless you, Tony. But what was strange was that when car headlights shone onto the road where the figure was facing, it just vanished, confirming that it isn't physical. No owner of the car finished filling up and came to the counter to pay. I tried my hardest not to look like I'd seen a ghost. But what the man said to me next, he just tipped me over the night that night. He said, Just had my first experience of a ghost car, see his taillights, and then suddenly gone. Creep shit. Unbushed the night. The understatement of the year. Needless to say, I am not ashamed to admit that I quit that job after four days. I could not bring myself to work another night at night shift at that place, and it's still, to this day, I don't know how anyone could. It's a wild experience. We fast forward a few months later, and I had gone to an inmate's house for a bonfire on his parents' property. We called this a gato we could burn them off Garden West and waste, and still around the Stay, sit around the fire, having a chat with a few drinks, maybe a joint to share. It was also very chill. It was mid-July, so it was quite a cold night. Now, this is a small town, so it's not uncommon to know everyone, especially teenagers. So it was no surprise to see Tony from the patrol station at the gallery. I know I had to fake this guy's brain for some context of what happened that night. As soon as I sat down to chat with him, he began talking. I remember him saying, you know you got out of that place at the right time. I asked him why, why that was. Did something happen? He then said one of them managed to speak. I saw the shadow pacing, but then it started to call my name. I remember at this point that poor Tony looked very comfortable. I remember his eyes getting teary when he said it sounded like my mom. She passed away when I was 12. She struggled so hard to get the next part out. Showed up every night after that, using the same voice, asked me to come outside. Clear about two weeks after you did, because of that, and I still can't get my, that voice out of my head. It sounded like my mom, but it was way too sinister. When he said that last part, I felt that chilly you get in your butt. <laughs> I felt that chilly you get in your butt cheeks. I'm sorry, I did not read this beforehand. <laughs> the kind that you. 
know what you are being told is legit, even if this was an apparel encounter, whatever Tony did here or see Roy Gotham. After that, a few more of us joined in the conversation. We talked about our encounters and other things we saw in the bush. I now live in Hinton, Brisbane. Today life is completely different, but the paranormal doesn't stop. Ever since that night, I had a huge interest in the paranormal and started to find tools for psychological thinking. I learned pretty quickly that most of the time, paranormal activity can definitely be explained. But I do have a few more stories of encounters I have not, I have had that can explain to this day. But Braham will, will forever be the most haunted place I ever lived. I'm convinced that the land is haunted there. I'm going back there in winter, back to the patrol station to see if I can capture this encounter again. If you'd like to hear more of my stories, please let me know. The Lady in the Window Okay, my mom, this is gonna start with my mom. Okay, when she was living with my, when she was little, she was living with my grandma and grandpa, or her parents, obviously, and she had a sister named Sharon. They lived in the same, they, 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 they were, they slept in the same room and everything, and next door, to the next door, there is her neighbor, Miss Martin. Which is now where my house is now at. At least somewhat where it's at. The upstairs part is. Okay. When they were sleeping, my mom was hearing was hearing stuff outside her window. And she looked up and she could see a head, like a blonde hair and everything. Blonde hair. And... So she screamed, and it woke obviously it woke her sister up, who's up in the same bed with her, and up screaming, and they ran into her my grandparents' room. When they got in there, they stayed in there and all stuff. So they didn't know how to explain it. They just said that there was somebody in the window, outside the window, talking and all that. And the next morning, they, our neighbor Miss Martin, came over and talked about talk. Said that there was people outside with a with the yellow with the yellow with there were people outside talking and all that. And my mom said that, but they were but the person that she saw was blonde, and my mom. Well, Miss Martin said that there was a lady with a yellow band bandana wrapped around her head just standing out there talking and Miss Martin went out there to investigate and all that. This isn't that very paranormal, but this is will give context to what I'm about to say. After Miss Martin died, when she, after, after Miss Martin died, it would be a, I don't know when she had this dream or anything, when my mom had this dream, but I know that she had a dream to where it was a nightmare, and she was walking between my grandma's house and the shed, because they were right next to each other, and she was walking between it, and 
a hand grabs her shoulder and my mom slowly starts to look at the hand and it had long long red fingernails and then she looks up the arm and up at the at the lady that was hold that was had her I was grabbing her by her shoulder it was she had a bloody mouth and everything her mouth there's blood coming from her mouth and all that and it was Miss Martin because we, well mom at least thought it was Miss Martin and it scared her she woke up because of it just scared then a few years later my sister had the exact same dream to where she was walking between that between that the shed and that the my grandma's house and she was with Caitlin and there was late at the end at the end of the little alleyway pretty much there was a lady with red with red long fingernails bloodied mouth and everything just 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 staring back at them back at my sister and all that and it scared her and woke her up it was it was it's not that that scary that part it's like a recurring dream between two different people it's scary somewhat but I'm pretty sure my my house right now at the moment is where Miss Martin's house used to be the upstairs part at least so every time I go by my brother's old room the windstorm. I could just feel something staring at me, like someone staring at me, just watching me go by. When I go in, up to, uh, when I go to the kitchen, I could just, and I, I'm in there at late at night because I get late night snacks. I could just feel something staring at me, just, just staring at me, like there's nobody else in the house, nor any any animal in the house. Because I I just left them outside and there's something just staring at me. And then I then I go back to my room and like I, I I went like like went run per se, but I did like like a fast walk to my room. And I just be sit I just sit there just staring at my doorway, waiting for something to, to come come and into my room like I just stay up all the whole night because of something be like I'm afraid of something that's gonna get me there's also been several times to where our phone just goes off it just goes off that somebody's calling but there's every time but there's like no caller ID or anything it just goes off of or like a ring there'll be also random times to where the microwave just turns on heck there was even a time to where a my radio turned on and it wasn't even plugged up or anything it was like a, it's like a big radio it was like a big radio boombox and it just turned on so yeah, I'm pretty sure my house is haunted as well <laughs> but I'm still living in here and there's still some creepy stuff that happens in this room in this house and everything. It's mainly upstairs and all that.
My mom likes to say that my house, our house ain't haunted, but that's because she's downstairs and she's safe. Or otherwise, I'm just probably delusional for all I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, my, but my sister and my brother have felt the exact same way when they're you know, upstairs and all that stuff that night. They just feel somebody staring at them, watching them. Now let's end this episode. Some of these ep some of these stories were from Reddit. I'm not for sure which Reddit stories, but you can most likely find them underneath the titles I've said. They are either underneath our paranormal or the ghost stories. So those are the, those are the two Reddit threads that I've looked through. You can find them through there. Or you, if you want to see other ones, or even give me ideas for other upcoming pod, podcast episodes, you can go to my Discord. We have a, we have a channel just for that. You can give you can gain access to the Discord through my TikTok. It is called. As I said before, it is Chronic Waste with an underscore in between both Chronic and Waste. I also have a YouTube, and make sure to check out the the podcast on other streaming services and all that. We have, I know we have Spotify, which you probably listen, someone are listening on this. I'm posting on YouTube for it. The other ones, I'm not for sure because I've already forgot. <laughs> probably should know that just because, yeah. If you are listening to this on another streaming service, yeah. Go follow me on other ones. Spread spread the awareness of this channel. The, the, it's I believe this 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 podcast is great. I don't know if y'all believe that though. <laughs> but either way, y'all have a nice night, evening, day, whatever you whatever y'all doing, whatever y'all listening to this. Probably are probably there's probably somebody listening to this while they're washing the dishes for all I know. Either way, y'all have a great time. See you in the next episode.